This is a tripod broadcast. You are listening to Hooked on Outdoors podcast, where we discuss everything hunting, fishing, and anything outdoors with your hosts, Brett, Corey, and Rick. What did we do? We fished at Old Faithful. Did you catch anything? Um, I caught one bass. Dad lost two or three lures. I don't think it really anything in. <laughs> and uh, Mom hooked the biggest fish, a catfish, probably two or three pounds. Molly caught a, a two or three pound catfish as well. Rodney, uh, he fought a couple of fish. I think he pulled in a, a bass about as big as mine. Nothing was too big, about a pound and a half or so. But, yeah, we had fun overall. Did you roast some weenies? It was raining pretty hard by that point, so uh, they just grilled them in the garage. Very cool. We were going to make s'mores, but I had to hurry back to get I have to all this. of your uh, your s'more sticks, by the way, at my house. I'm not surprised. I, I'm notorious for forgetting things. So <laughs> <clears throat> we went. I went fishing yesterday at this pond, and we kept 15 crappie. Wow, nice. Yeah. Caught couple others than that that were too small, but... Old Patty and my dad took little Ricky out fishing the other day. Where were they at? Uh, I think Lake... I don't know. It was a pond. I was going to say Lake Story. I have no idea where they went. No idea. Did they take the new... Or that boat out? No, he was in the shop. Apparently, it was like $250 worth of stuff he had to fix. Mm-hmm. Not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he didn't get it on the water. I didn't try. If we did, if we'd have figured it all out, I guess, trying to get yeah. it somewhere. Supposedly, uh, oil filter or oil, something that feeds stuff through, was shot. It's just because it was old. They said everything else ran flawlessly. I could see that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been like a really long time. About a solid three or four months. Three months. Has it been three months? It was in February. It wasn't February, was it? It was March. March? Two months? Yeah. It seems like a long time ago. Well, two months is a long time ago when we were doing it weekly nearly for a while. Coronas. Threw everything off. Yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't like I was saying, oh, I'm glad we're not doing this. I just got mixed up with the house and. Quarantine, yeah, they kind of just I don't know threw everything off, yeah. Then it was, yeah, then it was turkey season, so we didn't have time to to chit chat. That's right, because it's out chasing thunder chickens, thunder chickens, thunder chickens. Why do they call it a thunder chicken? Probably because he gobbles in the woods. That makes sense, but why a chicken? Because he's like. Big chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who coined that term. Probably Michael Waddell. Yeah. You got to sound as redneck as possible when you do these hunting things. Like swamp donkeys. Chickens. Slick heads. I got me slick head. That's a doe. Yeah. <laughs> slick head? Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to come up with these. I glassed him. 500 yards. Glassed him. Explain what glassing means to somebody. Just looking at him through the binoculars. Well, what are you else you supposed to say? I binocular him. 
I binoed him. Just say I observed him through the binoculars. I saw him through my knock knocks. <laughs> knock knock. You want to go knock? I had to grab my knock knocks. Knock knock. Who's there? You want to go knock knock? It's me. I glassed him. I jellied his head. Yeah, that's another term for turkey. Jellied him. Well, I get that. Jelly their head. Yeah. Watch them flop. I guess it's inappropriate to say that you blow their brains out. Don't. <laughs> like I did in my video. Yeah, you got some uh, negative feedback for that statement. From members of my own family. Yeah, dad's a pretty harsh critic. <laughs> Why'd you have to say that? Well, I'm not downplaying what I'm doing. I'm going to blow his head. <laughs> I'm planning I'm shooting his head. Blowing not going to shoot his feet. Yeah. Like, here he comes. I'm going to shoot him right in the feet. I'm going to shoot him in the... What are you supposed to say? I guess jelly his head. I toenailed him. <laughs> I done beaked him. I'm going to try to kill him. Kill him. Kill him dead. So I invited two more of our buddies to come on tonight. Well, I invited one, Corey invited the other, and they both said no. Can you believe that? They both said no. They don't care. Yeah, the fourth man that's supposed to be a part of this group is... Abandon us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll come back on the show eventually. Although I figured the turkey I mean, hunt conversation would be the one you'd want to come back on. Since yeah. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. He is the the turkey man. Of the group. Maybe I, I invited him too late. Maybe I should have given him a couple days heads up. Did you invite him today, tonight? No. It was 5 uh, p.m.? Yesterday or Friday. Oh, okay. So you gave him some notice. Probably yesterday, I think. I figured maybe you sent him a text at 9.30 or 7.30 <laughs> and be like, hey, come on out. Turkey season just wrapped up. It did. Like a week or so ago. A little over a week ago, I guess. Yeah. Time flies. You know, they say two-thirds out of every friend group go turkey hunting every year. Is that what they say? (laughs) That's what they say. Well, there's three of us here. Calculations (laughs) tell me that two of us went, and you did not. I did not. I was working on the old home. I was glassing turkeys at the house in the old bathroom. (laughs) Did you see any thunder chickens in your knock-knocks? I'm not going to discuss. <laughs> so, those of us that did go, I guess we might as well explain how our seasons played out. Go ahead. You you were the first to, to kill, so you can tell your story the first. Yeah, mine's not quite as exciting as some others, but uh, opening day... Um, I rode with Dad, and if you know anything about riding with Dad... Um, Mayfly. Anyway, um, if you're going to go with him, you you have to expect to be out as the sun's coming up. Like, you don't have time to prep. Mm. You know, you never have the darkness as your ally. It's run out there and get ready. And shooting time. Shooting time when you're out in the field. So I get out there. The birds are just gobbling left and right. And I get to my ground blind, which I left out there. And the wind had gladly blown it over, I guess, because it keeps blowing over despite me staking it down. So I had to pop that back up, which made a ton of noise. And I, I kind of thought my season was dead there. I did my new uh, setup, which is just a Jake and hen decoy. Before, I bought like 30 decoy hens <laughs> and had this huge flock out in front of me. And Like it's goose hunting or something. Yeah trying to pull them down from the sky (laughs) but over the years i've kind of learned that a this time of the year birds don't flock up like that and i've heard good advice from sky's uncle who's a skilled turkey hunter that less is more 
So that was my setup, hen and Jake only. And so I set my ground blight up, set them up, got comfortable. I got my brand new call out, which was a Primo's uh, slate call. I forget the exact name. I don't have it on me, but I just sandpapered that sucker down, gave it a good series of strikes and did a call session, I guess. And I didn't hear anything respond to me. There was birds gobbling around me still. So I figured I was somewhat okay. Maybe flared all the birds around me away, but maybe I could call one off in the distance. And about five minutes, maybe later, I did another series of calls and a bird sounded off right in the field to my left, probably about 80 yards away. And at that point, I knew he had to be in the field, just the way he sounded. And I peeked my head out the window, and sure enough, there he was, all fanned out in the field, just looking big and mean. And I said in the video, I'm going to let the decoys do the rest of the work, because I'm not the best caller in the world, and I didn't want to flare him. But it played out exactly the way I thought it would. He, he saw my Jake he come come up about 45 yards away and and I shot him <laughs> you didn't shoot his head off I didn't blow his brains out I just shot him yeah so the <laughs> the Jake and hen decoy setup that that setup is proven true tried and true for you for the last quite a few years yeah um I'd say the last four years because I the first time I did it, I had a nice Tom come in down south, and I shot over his head and missed him. Mm-hmm. And in the last two years, I killed Tom's doing exactly what that hen and Jake decoy now, set up. Last year, I actually ran in. Yeah, last year he he the last the Tom from last year did the same thing. Came from my left. He just wasn't as far out, but he never sounded off. He never gobbled, and it was in the middle of the day getting close to 11 o'clock or so. I was sitting back in my chair eating my hot fries. Handicap hot fries. <laughs> the go-to. That, that's my turkey. go-to turkey snack. Mine's bugles. Bu- yeah. If I, if I hunt tent. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just snacking away. And I would, I would not have seen until I came into view in my window had this squirrel not just started losing his mind. A squirrel in front of me across the field was just barking away. And I was like, what is he barking at? I peeked my head out, and there's that Tom right there. I'm like, ooh. So I eased my gun up, and and long story short, I killed him too. <laughs> so why do you use a Jake as opposed to a Tom decoy? Well, you and I both have learned over the years that a big Tom decoy sen- tends to scare off Toms. Yeah. I mean, we've you and I both learned. I remember you bought that really nice... Very really expensive. nice, yeah. expensive, big tom decoy, and the first bird that came in and saw that turned around and walked away immediately. Yeah, I've had them skirt around my decoy, yeah, probably eighty to ninety yards, you know, on the opposite opposite side of the decoy. So obviously I can't shoot. And I, what's weird to me is like all the people that turkey reap. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know what that is, is you hide behind a big tom decoy and you crawl in a big wide open field towards a Tom already in the field strutting or whatever. And then bring that Tom within sometimes two yards, like going to run you over. And then you obviously drop your decoy and shoot him. 
So I don't know what the difference between that is. Like you're shooting that bird or you're, you're, you're moving towards that bird. So yeah, that makes them mad and they want to get angry and fight or since it's sitting still by another hen decoy, they think, Oh, well maybe I don't want to go down this road or two, the birds that we've been hunting or the satellite birds, the subordinate birds that aren't the, the, the big, the big boys. Right. You know, the big three and four-year-old toms when they're probably just the two-year-old toms. I mean, there's a lot of different variables I can Yeah, I just noticed that. with just the Jake and him, the Jake is obviously less intimidating. However, the tom I killed this year was more intimidated by the Jake than the tom I killed last year. Last year, that tom was going in full steam, ready to kick some yeah. butt. Yeah. This year, he was he was coming in. But he wasn't charging in. He was. He would stop and fan. He was trying to move the hen away from the Jake, and he was just. He was a little less confident in himself. So I'm thinking he just wasn't a dominant bird. Right. Probably two year old. Yeah. Satellite bird that's been kicked out of the. Right. And I think the time I killed last year probably whipped up on him when he was a Jake. Because mm-hmm. that one I killed last year was bigger by a pound or two and he had thick spurs but they were kind of rounded off like he'd been fighting a bunch yeah. mm-hmm. so hmm. and he was just a much more aggressive tom yeah well he kills so brett as he's explaining you killed it on opening day within the first what 15 20 minutes of yeah. legal shooting light yeah yeah it was it was the most ideal hunt i've ever had in my life as far as like like I play scenarios in my mind, he played out exactly how my yeah. scenario would play. Like out. when you're going to bed the night before opening day, and you're thinking about what the what's going to transpire the next day, that's what you think about is stuff like yeah. that happening. Like it's just going to be picture perfect. Read the script, as they say in the outdoor world. They're right. going to come right in. And yeah, he read my script perfectly. Yeah. In this household, how many times does that happen? Um, once other. That was me probably, at least for me anyway, like within our group, I'd say. Yeah. I, for me, it happened when I was 14, it was U season, many moons ago, obviously. And same thing, right off the roost. I mean, in every direction, gobbling their heads off, coming straight in. I didn't even know which way to look because there was, they were coming from my right, from my left, straight behind me. And finally to my left, here come three gobblers and I shot one and killed it. And that yeah. was that was a good bird. That was a twenty three pound bird. I mean, it was a nice bird, but that's the only other time that it's worked right off the roost. I mean, like you didn't even have to hardly work for it; it just came straight yeah. in. Most of the birds I've killed, I feel like we've worked pretty darn hard to get. Like as far as waiting a long period of time, and you either have you always have that bird that comes in and he just stops. He just skirts around. And he mm-hmm. never commits, and that's usually my hunts. You know, I, I can see them coming, and then you think, "Oh, they're just going to crest this hill, and he'll be right in range." And he never crests the stinking hill. And you yeah, know, he just vanishes. I, I mean, for being a pea-sized brain <laughs> and dumber than a box of rocks, they somehow get hung up. Yeah. I, it's a sheer laziness sometimes. It's like, oh, well, this field has tall grass, so I'm not going to cross it to get to the hen. I'm like, just cross the field or cross the creek or whatever. But they're like, mm-mm. No, they, they want to close the gap. What I've noticed anyway, hunting turkeys, is they like to close the gap to a certain distance. And then 
they kind of hang up in that area. And then if the hen that is constantly calling at them, which obviously is a person calling at them, doesn't approach them for that to close the distance that next 60 yards, then that Tom gets yeah. nervous or just lazy. I don't, I would say it's probably more lazy. I don't think a bird with a pea sized brain can determine, well, I don't want to go another 60 yards because it might be a hunter. I yeah. think they're just too lazy to go that. Now, that's why the Jake is important because with just a hen, like you said, they don't close that gap and they give up. But for some reason, seeing that Jake chase that hen, that's what gets them in there. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's what pulls my toms in now yeah. is it brings Jake. Them, brings he's, them that extra yardage. Because he's like, okay, no, this guy's in my territory. He's chasing my girls. And, you know, I got to get him out. Got to kick his butt. So... Having yeah. that Jake is been the difference for me. It's crucial for field hunting, I'd say. I mean, if you're going to hunt yeah. a field edge in a ground blind or, or not, but on a field edge, having the Jake and hen decoys has been the setup that we've determined is the best setup that you can get. I mean, you can throw two hens out there too. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed with two hens, though, sometimes they think, oh, well, that Jake might be taking one hen, so I have another hen, and they'll do the dance and – which yeah. is fun to watch. I mean, them strutting around is great to watch, but like I said, they may hang up another 60 yards out there and they won't they won't commit to close that distance to get a shot. Right. This Tom this year was actually more fun than the Tom last just I mean, the Tom last year was just there and I didn't have even time to process what was going on. Mm-hmm. I just I just had to pull up my gun and shoot cuz like I said he was literally right there. Mm-hmm. I liked that this time was doing a dance and that he was gobbling in the field, which people, I guess if you've never been around an actual Tom and like, if you hear a domestic Turkey gobble, it's, it's pathetic compared to a wild bird. Like when a wild bird sounds off, that's why they call it the, that's where the thunder comes from. Cause it's, yeah, it could startle you. Yeah. It gets so loud. loud. Like it'll shake you because it'll just echo. Yeah. That time Rick, Rick and I went, a few years back, they had that one that was hanging up in the woods behind us. It sounded off, and Ricky's eyes got, like, the size of, you know, dollar-sized coins or whatever. But, I mean, it was, like, startling how loud they can be. Of course, those birds, there's two of them. Of course, they never came out into the field and just... We were on the wrong side of the tree. Yep. Just. I mean, honestly, if we were on the other side of that tree, I think we could have got a shot. I think we would have both got one. Yeah. I think it would have been a 30-yard, 40-yard shot, but I think we could have had a shot at them. But that's what's... And that's what brings you back, at least for me, is those yeah. those what if we would have made this decision. Like deer hunting is different because it's like all for me it's like before season scouting, you know, it's right. You're doing a lot of work prep work. Season. And then once it comes season you just you pan out what you did early season before or before season, see if it works. If not, then you make minor adjustments, sometimes major yeah. adjustments to do it. But you're just sitting and waiting for that, that deer to come by. But with turkey hunting, it's like all right there. Like you got to make those adjustments immediately. And then if you don't, then you try to make those adjustments the next day. But your season's only three weeks long instead right. of three, four months long. And right. you don't have a lot of time to, to make anything different. So you got to make it happen. Yeah. And I mean, you do have to be convincing in your calling too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it's like waterfowl in that regard. Like you if you if you're like me and you're average at best that's i think some of the reason i've had birds not commit completely 
because I haven't quite learned until more recently to when they get close, let the decoys work, do the mm-hmm. their, do their job, especially with the Jake involved. I have a habit of calling really loud and I not notice that there's a bird right there, and then he'll turn. I can hear that putt that they make when they're startled, and I'm like, I, I yeah. blew it, you know. It, and it happens to all the best hunters too, though. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to yell at the bird when it's that close. You want to be right. soft, soft putts, purrs, real soft yelps, maybe. But you don't want to you don't want to be screaming at them with them really loud yelps when they're. Yeah. 50 yards away because they're like why are you why are you yelling at me <laughs> don't yell at me <laughs> he's turned around and walk away but he had a great first hunt first day i had a lot of gobbles in the morning but nothing anywhere near close uh enough to work that i you know and i i made some moves but it just wasn't going to happen that day and that's kind of how it worked for me for the next three or four outings for me and then so Missouri starts on a Monday every year, which is still weird to me. But so it starts on a Monday. So not that first weekend, but the second weekend, that Saturday, is when I was finally able to to kill one. And uh, my story is quite a bit different. So Brett likes to hunt in tents on field edges, which has proved very successful for him. I'm a little more. I'm not as patient when it comes to turkey hunting. Like deer hunting, I can sit in a stand, no problem. But turkey hunting, I'm, I'm way less patient. I want a run-and-gun style. I want to go after them, make moves, hear them off the roost. So Dad and I went to our lease and set up in one spot. They weren't gobbling in the morning. I mean, we didn't hear anything off the roost. So we set up, nothing for a while. Finally heard a couple, and then heard a couple more. And then the, the second group of birds that gobbled, they weren't on our property, but I felt like they could be workable if we made a move. Yeah. And... uh so we decided to make a move. So we, we went all the way around. I mean, if we went straight at them, it would only have been probably 150 yards, but that would have spooked them, obviously. So we ended up going probably another 400 yards roundabout way to get back to them. And, of course, when we got over there, the bird that was gobbled first in the morning, that sounded really far away. Yeah. sounded like it was right where we were just at. Oh, nice. <laughs> so the, I second-guessed my decision. I told Dad, I said, I think we made the wrong move. We should have stayed there. I may have been able to work that bird in and finish it. But, uh, you know, can't think about that now. And then, of course, the birds that we went after kind of shut up. So we walked in slow and just kept calling. And then finally, finally, they, they gobbled again. And then so we got up a little bit closer, got in some pretty thick stuff. But there was a couple openings around us. So I thought we'd, you know, it was a decent setup. Set our Jake and de- uh, hen decoy out there. And was calling, and they, they were gobbling, but they were on the neighbors, and they just kept staying out probably 120 yards or so. And then finally, I just quit calling for about five minutes. And then I called again quite a bit softer this time because I didn't know where they moved. And at that point, they gobbled, and they were like 80 yards. So I'm like, okay, they're they're making their way over here. But they're still on the other side of the fence. And then these things just kept gobbling back and forth, but they were just walking up and down this fence row. They would not cross this fence and there's two of them at that point and then finally one was gobbling still but it just kept drifting away but the one that was still there you know just kept hammering but he didn't want to cross that fence so finally i had a diaphragm call in it was a woodhaven uh ninja hammer call and and no we do not have sponsors by them by the way i'm just telling you what i like to use so uh 
threw that in or threw a couple Jake yelps at him, which is like a real low pitch yelp. And he gobbled twice at that really hard. And finally, the next time he gobbled, I could tell he was on our side of the fence. And I thought I was in the, I thought I was in the game then. I thought it was, it was going to happen, but just like what they do, they, they get lazy and he did not want to come through that thick brush. So he just kept gobbling and drifting off to my left. And just kept walking down. There's a logging road that was probably 50 yards straight to my left. And it just runs all the way back. And the logging road itself is probably two, well, probably 150 yards maybe. Yeah. And I knew where he was going. He was going to the other field. So he just kept walking down that logging road, gobbling, but would not come <laughs> to my decoy spread. So at that point I realized, one, we had to wait till he gets past, and we moved to the logging road and try to call him back. Or two, I'm gonna have to try to get in front of him, and uh, decided to go ahead and try to get in front of him. But he wasn't really that far away. I mean, he was probably 60 yards, maybe. And I didn't know how open it was if I went straight back behind me between me and that logging road. So I ended up crawling on my hands and knees for like 80 something yards. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I lost your camera. That was mounted on my gun at the time. <laughs> Which you still have, right? Yes. It's somewhere over there. Okay. So uh <laughs> had your GoPro on my gun, and it fell off in the midst of me crawling. Um, I got to a point where I could stand up again. I heard him gobble. I knew I had a plenty of distance. That's when I realized I no longer had the camera, and I said, well, I'm going to have to go back and look for it later because I only have so many, so much time before I can try to cut this thing off before it gets into this other field. So I basically run out to the field, run over. He's still gobbling, thankfully. I haven't called back at him at this point because I don't want him to know or look for me yet. I get to a spot. I set up there for maybe a minute, and I realize that if he comes around, he's going to see me before I can shoot. So I decide to belly crawl another 30 yards up this little hill, get in front of this tree, and he's still gobbling. Once I get up there and get set up, he I didn't hear him gobble anymore, so I'm like, well, that's it. I just busted him. I did all that work, and then he's gone. And then uh, so I let out a few really soft yelps to my left, and uh, he gobbled again. This time he was really close, like 30 yards close. Yeah. And next thing you know, he comes – I see his head just bebopping across, and he turns, comes up that little hill that I was on, it's like 25 yards staring straight at my direction. I don't think he ever saw me. And then uh, that was it. <laughs> one shot. One shot. One kill. Your goose nicked him, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. It was, I mean, the most work I've ever done for a turkey by far. Like, I've made a lot of moves on birds, but for me to crawl and belly crawl and not spook that turkey. That's pretty good. It's pretty impressive. For him to come on i mean it wasn't your typical here he comes reads the script he didn't read the script at all i just knew i had to that was did you shoot from the prone no i got set up but i mean i was so slouched in that tree it was like i could barely see his head so it wasn't probably the the easiest shot i've ever made i mean it definitely wasn't but i i knew at that point i had to pull the trigger because he was going to know something was up when he didn't see that hen sitting there because I didn't even bring a decoy with me at that point. And uh, if he would have, if I would have been a minute later, yeah, I would have had to shoot him from the prone position because I wasn't set up on that second tree for a minute and he was there. 
I mean, it was, and that was the last, basically the last tree you could get to before he got to that field, and then I would have been in trouble. Yeah. So mm. talk about timing. Yeah. Well, it worked <laughs> out. Yeah. And he ended up being a pretty good sized bird. He had some the biggest spurs I've ever shot. So he was a nice, nice bird. And, but that's just. He was really pretty. He had nice green and yeah. his feathers. He was a really pretty bird. Yeah, really nice eastern. And that's just how turkeys are. I mean, they may come straight to you or they may be lazy and work around. And it's just that's what's interesting about turkey hunting is don't don't just sit in the same spot. And say, oh, well, that bird's gone. Like sometimes you have to get risky and make a move. But there's a there's a fine line of being risky and, and stupid as well. <laughs> Making, you know, dumb moves and. Push them off. Yeah, push them off. If they're not gobbling, I mean, it's really hard to run in gun style when they're not gobbling because you can push off more than you're mm-hmm. than you're actually going to get, obviously. Right. Like last year, because last year I killed my bird on the second day. So opening day I went out, and there was quite a bit of gobbling going on, but I couldn't get anything to work in. You were hunting in the same property opening day, weren't you? Opening day I was, yeah. yeah. And then at the end of the day, obviously, uh, we had that Tom come in while we were packing up. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get him to commit, and you know, one o'clock was rolling around, so we had to give up. And then the next day, I didn't hear anything, and I figured that day was a waste because I didn't hear a single gobble in the morning. That bird that came in and I killed never gobbled. That's why I was sitting back eating my, my hot fries, just because I was like. I'm just going to sit out here because I'm here, but I was fully anticipating not seeing anything. So this is weird how it, how things play out. Yeah. They're, they're really smart for being so stupid. (laughs) I mean, it, it's funny. Turkey hunting to me is like when it works to me, it's like, I think to myself, how could it ever not work? Like it worked so well. Right. I wouldn't say it's easy, but like it works. So how does it ever not work? Because yeah. I think they're so dumb that they don't. None of them have like a schedule or like like how they act. <laughs> they're yeah. just all they're so yeah. Oh, do, 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 do. yeah. They're they distracted I mean, and they don't. They definitely don't pattern like a deer, but they do have similar similar areas that they roam every day, just like deer. But it's not like a it's not like a trail. Right. Like they're not going to walk the same trail like a deer does. Yeah, that's why it's it's you can do pre-season scouting and all that, but they might roost in this section for a week, and then the week of opening day, they're somewhere completely different, mm-hmm. and that was just a waste. Yeah, I mean, what a lot of people do, which if we didn't live so stinking far away from where we hunt, they go up the night before and and uh, blow an alcohol or whatever. And try to get them to sound off so you can kind of get a general idea of where they're roosting for the night to set up in the morning. But we, li- we live an hour and 20 plus minutes away from yeah. where we hunt. So that's almost impossible. Yeah. You just kind of have to go up there and hope for the best. And for you, it worked out great opening day. And me, it took two weeks later. But, I mean, got her done. Yeah. doesn't matter when you get them. Just... Now yeah, you can get them. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens, as they say in all the shows, yeah. which is like a but very cliche. Is more thing. interesting than mine. That's why I was. Well, it's it's just a different style of hunting. Like I said, that's what draws me to turkey hunting more so than just sitting in a tent. 
like I, I don't mind the comfortability of sitting in a tent for, I mean, obviously you're sitting there, you're getting to eat your chips and that's you know. my style of turkey. <laughs> it's a little more camaraderie. If you do it that way, if you have someone hunting with you, you can sit there and tell stories and hang out. And I mean, Rick, that's probably what you would enjoy. Oh yeah. And, uh, um, but the running gun style for me is, is definitely more interesting, but there's a time of the year to do that too. Yeah. It's just as long as they're working, I guess. I know that it's funny because you and I used to hunt a lot together. And we still do, but since you have your style and mine. But when we first started out, we both did mostly ground blind hunting. And we've had some pretty interesting hunts over the years. Yeah. One in particular, he and I, and I don't know how we fit both of us in this tiny little ground blind that was all three of ours, our grandfathers. He let us borrow it. And it's designed for one man. And it's an early model. <laughs> and uh, sorry, Ricky was yawning because he's just. No, it hit 830 and I'm like. You're making you're making fun of me for not wanting to do this late because I said I can't. I get tired and you're over here just like. Man, I'm two beers deep. I'm about to go. I'm about to pass out. We got to play Smash Bros after this. What are you talking about? No. Anyway, so we're sitting in this ground blind. I guess I forgot my folding chair, and I borrowed no, my... No, you... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I, and I borrowed my uncle's chair from, like, 1950. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sitting in it, and next thing I know, I'm just falling to the ground as both of <laughs> the legs give out. Just snaps in half. So my butt is on the ground. I can't see anything out the window, and and... I don't know, but the whole day was going by. I mean, it was like... It was super slow. Not much gobble yeah. that day at all. And so, Cornard is yakking, eating our chips. And uh, it had been like probably right around 1 o'clock, right at leaving time. Yeah, it was... We were packing our stuff up. 12.55, I think. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting ready to leave. And then, like I said, I'm sitting on the ground. I'm picking my stuff up because all my crap's on the ground. And I just hear Corey go, turkey, boom. And I'm like, <laughs> and before this, we just said, if two toms come out, we're going to count down and shoot both of them. Well, there were two toms, or I think they were Jake's. No, they were toms. They were toms? Yeah. Two toms. And I just hear turkey or tom, one or the other, I can't remember. But I just hear, boom, immediate Corey has incredible reflexes. And so I have, I'm like scrambling to try to find my gun, trying to peek over this stinking window. And by the time I shoot at the bird, he's, he's on full strut or full run. And he's like, you know, 40 yards away at that point. (laughs) You know, a lot of birds, when one's shot and he starts flopping, the other one runs back in to attack him. But no, this other one was like, hell no, I'm getting out of here. Bob just got his head blown off. I'm leaving. Yeah, I I do apologize for that because no, it's just a funny story. It was a reaction of like I said, it's twelve fifty five and in Missouri you have to quit at one o'clock PM. So uh yeah, like I saw the bird <laughs> and my reaction was just to kill it. I I had the decency at least to tell you that I saw a bird before I shot it. Yeah, you said oh, turkey boom, like hoping you were ready. <laughs> hoping you were ready. And I think you made a comment like, Why weren't you ready? And you're like had your hands out your side um on the ground i'm sitting on the ground i can't even see out the window i just yeah. hear 
I just hear turkey boom. It was right at our decoy spread. As I was putting my calls back in my vest, I mean, it was they were just there, two birds. I mean, they weren't big toms. I think that one had like a nine-inch beard or something. But, uh, yeah, that was interesting. What was the other time that uh, I got a hunt ruined? That was a few years before that, I think. Yes. I was hunting with my buddy Jordan, and we weren't seeing jack squat. I mean, no gobbles no turkeys, bored out of our mind, sitting in a ground blind. And my brother, being a novice, he was hunting out of a metal stand. Yeah, deer stand. Um, a welded-together metal deer stand that was, <laughs> I mean, very clanky, but sturdy, but clanky. And I said, well, let's see if... I told my buddy, I said, let's, I'm going to call my brother and see if he's having any luck. <laughs> so I pick up the phone, I dial his number, and that was like my first cell phone I ever had, too, so... Uh, there was no, I don't texting. Even, yeah, there was no texting then. So I just called. So I'm calling him and I hear it ringing, hear it ringing, hear it ringing. Then I hear <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I look over at Jordan. I just slowly put the phone down. Then <laughs> I said, Oh no. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard this story. <laughs> and I was just like, I was terrified at that point. <laughs> and then uh, next thing you know, I, I get a, my phone starts calling me back and I don't want to answer. <laughs> Brett's calling me back and I'm terrified to answer the phone. So I'm just like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I thought you knew. <laughs> and uh, so basically, Brett, I mean, you could tell him, of what what happened on your side, so I I'm explaining to me. <laughs> so my side of the story is, like you said, I'm a very novice turkey hunter, but I I had I had at least three jakes behind me on a property, on a neighbor's property, and all they had to do was it was pretty thick with brush. Like I I saw them coming behind me, they went in this thick brush, so I'm leaning over on the rail of the the stand. <laughs> Just waiting. I was like, if he jumps that fence, he'll be like 25 yards. And I'd been in a clear as day shot, so I'm waiting and waiting. And I could see one's beat kind of moving in the... And I was like, he's just going to jump that fence. And all of a sudden, my phone goes... And it hits that stupid metal stand. And that thing's... It's like echoing through all of the land. It's just... And, of course, the jakes are like... You know, and they, they're still on the other guy's property and they turn around and like, I guess they probably, but yeah, <laughs> I shot at him anyway, out of anger, mostly out of anger. I didn't, not even I didn't, aiming. No, I didn't even hit him. I was, I was just shooting in their di- general direction just because I was pissed. Oh man. <laughs> so. Uh, I just picture Corey going. <laughs> Slowly bring the phone down. I, yeah, just like slowly bring it down to my side, <laughs> off of my ear, looking at my buddy Jordan. I was like, oh no. So I was. And I that was, was before the days you didn't check your phone to turn it off. You just didn't no, know anything about it. Like I said, we didn't. I don't think we, there was even texting then. I mean, it was like an old track phone, uh, like oh, they Nokia were. track phone. <laughs> Apparently, they vibrate very low. Four or five. <laughs> Oh, I needed that laugh. That was good. 
And my buddy Jordan was as scared as I was because my brother used to beat him up all the time when we were younger. But. <laughs> See, you guys say that, but I don't remember ever beating up Jordan, but maybe I did. He's always been afraid of me. I'm like, uh, am I even that? I don't think It I'm was terrifying. Uh, I was scared. I was really scared for our safety at that point. <laughs> but What was uh, when you guys went up to him? <laughs> oh, he, he called me back, and he was... I mean, as you can imagine, he didn't have very nice things to say. And you I know what, Corey? <laughs> they got away that time, but we'll get him we'll next time. We'll get him next time. That's, that's why they call it hunting and not killing. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, it just it couldn't have been the worst timing. I mean, it wasn't his fault. I mean, he wouldn't have known. But that's just like, such is life when it comes to hunting. Well, it's just, it makes you learn. Like, don't... <laughs> Just because you're not having any luck doesn't mean that somebody else is, and don't call their phone. <laughs> well, and every time I hunt. text you guys, say, hey, guys, how'd you do? I always like, I hope they had their phone on silent. When <laughs> this I was probably, yeah, I mean, it was probably only like eight o'clock, too, but it felt like it was one that we waited, yeah. you know, but we weren't seeing anything by eight o'clock, and I, we we're bored in tears. And... I mean, we'll this, see what was, doing. this is several, I mean, I would say, what, 07? <laughs> no, it was, yeah, I think it was earlier than that. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like oh four oh five probably. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was my first phone. Yeah, because we had track phones. Yeah, and yeah it was. <laughs> it's yeah. probably before those push to talk phones that by singular that was really cool. Oh, uh, could, yeah, uh, it was before the that. Microphone, even, yeah, like, I think like the Nextel, Nextels. Yeah, singular. Nextel. The only feature yeah. that this phone had that I of mine was Snake. I think that was the, <laughs> the only. Oh yeah, yeah, Snake. <laughs> Oh, so man. that's a good story though, man. So as I was saying before is when it when it works, you think to yourself, how could it go any different? Like yeah. it it reads the script, so to speak. I mean it it's gonna work. Like this is really easy. And then ninety five percent of the other hunts that we do on turkey hunting, at least for me, that don't work, you think to yourself, how does this ever work? And that's a perfect example. You're like, I'm this close. <laughs> you got to imagine, like, if it just vibrated, I think I'd have been fine. But since I was leaning on the rail, yeah, and it was just hitting on that metal, and I don't know why I didn't just back off right away. I, you were in a panic. Yeah, I was. I was just like, <gasps> and then immediately mad at me. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, no, that cracked me up. But yeah, turkey hunting is uh, very interesting. It just wrapped up here in Missouri. Um, I'd love to be able to go to other states sometimes and hunt them. I know a lot of people do, and pretty successful. I'd, I'd like the, to try where, it. Where are the big boys at? Like, where's the biggest turkeys? Missouri used to be one of the one of the states to kill the biggest birds, and they still say that the the thunder, so to speak, of a Missouri gobbler is more intense than most other birds in other states that are in you know that are all easterns. Right. Um, Iowa probably has really big birds just because they have big deer too, and they have a lot of turkeys up there. Um, but I think Missouri, Iowa, <clears throat> Wisconsin, um, they all have some. We don't speak of the other state with an I in its name. <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> it's still shut down. He couldn't turkey hunt this year, I don't think. Um, actually, Nebraska has some huge birds. Do they? Yeah. But they have a lot of hybrids there. So Nebraska has... Easterns, Merriams, and then hybrids between the two. And I guess those hybrids are pretty huge. They call them Goliaths. Yeah. Goliath. But my goal, one of my, on my bucket list is to kill a Merriam. 
turkey because they have yeah. like the prettiest fans out of all the all the birds I think. Rios are cool looking too, but they're really small. Yeah, I mean, a part of me would love to pursue that the Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. Is that when you kill? That's the Grand Slam is the Eastern Merriam, Rio, and Osceola. Yeah. And then there's the, what's the next one above that? The, uh, did I come it? What is it called? I don't know. Grand Slam and the Mega Slam? No, it ain't <laughs> the Mega Slam. <laughs> it's that Mega Slam. But basically it's a, a Gould's turkey and a, uh, Another one that I can't think of the name of right now. It starts with an O as well. It's not Osceola, but it's something like that. Well, when yeah. I think of a Grand Slam, I think of that meal at Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pancakes. If I'm not thinking baseball. Well, yeah. Baseball. It's not. Baseball is no longer this year. Supposedly July, unless that changed. I think July is what I heard, too. I think they're still on for Those that. babies like are claiming they want more money. Season. More money for yeah. what? They like they time, make millions. Time, time like, lost. I don't know. They're yeah. complaining about. They're still something. getting paid the same amount of money. It's just what. But what it goes to show you is this coronavirus can shut down the government, businesses, sports, all. It's crazy. All of the major sports that you know, professional sports, but it won't shut down hunting or outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. So That's true. get out there, fish. I know like in Missouri, they did a thing at the parks, uh, the trout parks for a while where you didn't have to buy a stamp uh, or a fishing license, a daily trout tag or anything. You just go fish. Really? Mm-hmm. That ended now, but. Of course. Yeah. You could go there and just go right. <laughs> but they, they didn't, didn't stock, stock it. Yeah, they didn't stock anything. Oh. But you didn't need a permit or anything. That would be fun. Yeah. So they're trying to keep people on the outdoors. So. But, nice. uh, yeah, boys. We, uh, I'd like to continue next, next uh, podcast on like tactics of turkey hunting, because I I want to go over a few things on like early season, middle season, and late season. Some different tactics that can be successful. Um, and like to have you know different discussion on. Wow, thunder! Out there. Is, yes, thunder. thunder. If you hear yeah. anything in the background, yeah, that is. If you can hear the rain too, I don't know if that it was really, up the rain. really loud. Um, different calls we use, uh, tactics being the biggest one, and then uh, different areas to hunt too. So like, being hunting field birds versus uh, timber, timber and pine forest and ridge tops and things like that. So yeah, uh, I'd like to kind of continue on that on the next episode. This one we kind of more discussed just our season our this year, kind of getting back into yeah. the swing of things because we took a hiatus for two, two months, a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, it will be interesting to talk about differences in hunting, like North Missouri where we're at versus like South Missouri. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Totally it's a different whole animal. different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So that'll yeah. be a cool topic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Alrighty, well, it was good talking to you guys. Yeah. Good to get back behind the mic and yeah, it feels a little awkward at first, but yeah, it was. But the next episode, you guys may be doing it together. I'll probably be in North Dakota, so oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. somebody's gonna have to have all the equipment. Yeah, well, we'll we'll divvy that out. Okay, yeah. going to North Dakota. 
North Dakotas. Well, I guess uh, you all can follow us on YouTube if you'd like to subscribe and leave us a like and a comment. We love some comments. Kind of share your own stories and give us some ideas to talk about and any suggestions of things that you'd like us to discuss. Um, we're also on Instagram. Um, our name is... <laughs> Ooh, it's, <laughs> it's been a while. It's been so long. I haven't been on Instagram in a while. I have not either. I know we had 250-some subs- subscribers, followers or whatever. Hooked underscore... O D in it, hook, hook. Yeah, hooked underscore O D underscore podcast. Podcast. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Hooked underscore O D underscore podcast. And Twitter is outdoors hooked. Outdoors hooked. Were you like six followers now? I don't know. Well, we had our first tweet directed What's to a us. Tweet. <laughs> tweet. <I don't> <laughs> tweet. Tweet. They tweet. tweeted to us. If you'd like to see my turkey hunt, I do have a video mm-hmm. of it on YouTube. It is from my GoPro. I've yet to invest in a better camera. So you can see the turkey on your TV if you want to watch it that way. It is full 4K HD. But if you're watching it from your phone, you just have to believe me that it's there. (laughs) And you won't see my hunt because I dropped the camera in the midst of me crawling around. But I found it. Don't worry. Yes. That's the main thing on my behalf. (laughs) Yeah. It's your camera. So, yeah. yeah. Any other follow-ups? Any thoughts? No, it was just good to get behind the mic again and look forward to getting back kind of on a regular schedule again. Yeah. Like I said, next time we discuss topics, we can. I would like to discuss maybe some products that we use, mm-hmm. and I'll leave links on the on the bottom of that. Remember, we're not sponsored yet. So no sponsors yet. I might bring a couple calls, show yeah, you a couple I'll things that I things do. I'll bring a few things I use too. Um, to entice the birds. All right. All righty. I can see you guys.